0: everybody welcome back to quirks of creation i am your host elise and with me as always is jess holmes hey happy friday happy friday guys so happy to be here as always yeah me too i am so excited for tonight's episode we say that all the time but we really are so excited so excited for this
1: episode (laughs) and this one in particular because yeah oh my gosh you guys
0: this is a collab like we've never done before We're getting super
1: quacky with this one. I think it's going to (laughs) be so different from all of our other episodes. We're just taking it up a notch, maybe with the, you know, quacky side, giving you guys the taste of what it's like over on our locals channel. When we do our quirks or quacks reviews, it's going to be fun. I'm
0: going to get a little preview here in a minute of that. So you'll definitely be hooked and want to come over to locals and see our extra stuff. Um, This one, we might have more questions than answers, but I think we definitely have some solid theories of our own. I think so, too. Yeah. I'm excited to see what, like, everybody in the chat, what their theories are, too, at the end, maybe. Hmm? I don't know. Um. Quick shout out before we get going into this. We just want to tell everybody that we've been putting out some more TikToks lately. Mm -hmm. Jess has really been killing it with, like, the editing and throwing those out there. Yeah, she's really
1: she's really talented. Awesome. If you haven't noticed, she's very talented. It's been super fun making these TikToks. I mean, Elise has been absolutely killing it with the archaeology reviews. I mean, we've had a great time. So if you want to see shorter versions of the whole show, little mysteries, <laughs> little weird science and archeo- archaeological finds, pop yeah. on over to our TikTok at Quirk Secreation to get all the fun stuff. All the fun stuff. Like, subscribe,
0: smash the buttons, all that good jazz. Okay, so we're gonna jump into this, but actually, yeah. I want to ask you. I'm gonna put you on the spot. And, okay. Um, so this idea, the idea of dragons for this episode, was right. Jess's idea, and it was um, something she thought we should collab on, which I'm, I'm so glad we're doing. Me too. But what, why,
1: like, what made you
0: want to do this one? Because it is different for us.
1: So it is different, but. You know, I've always been fascinated by dragons. I mean, if you guys can like see in my background, I have like these little uh, Chinese dragon statues my uncle brought to me over from China. Like I've always loved dragon mythologies. And when I went to the Creation Museum this summer, I saw this map and it had dragons all over the map. And it was representing the fact that dragon myths are everywhere. Like literally everywhere. And I was like, huh, that's Mm. weird. Mm. And then I saw some things at the National Science Museum in Washington, D.C. We'll get into a little bit of that that kind of sparked all of this that we're going to be talking about tonight. But yeah, summer road trips.
0: uh, They're the best. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, cool. So like we were saying, we'll give you a little sneak peek into like our quirks or quacks uh thing that we do over on locals. so basically what we're doing is watching tiktoks that we find or folks send to us this one i found and sent to just today <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just a random it's crazy it blew my mind yeah yeah so we're going to, to get together decide if we find this decide if we think this is like a quirk or if it's really quacky and I'm interested to see kind of what everybody thinks of this one. So I jump into it here. It's... And I love the narrator. The narrator's pretty good. <laughs> the narrator's my favorite. Oh, can you see it? Nope. Ah, oh, darn. Hold on. Oh, because I'm, I'm not, not allowed to share time. on this oh, one. wait. I, I will. Fix- <laughs> okay. Maybe. You're not allowed to share.
1: That's okay. That's okay. We got this, guys. Aha. Oh,
0: we figured there. it out. That's okay, because I kind of showed <laughs> the part you didn't want to see yet anyway. So, right. perfect. We Here we go. In a rural community 120 miles from Beijing, residents make an extraordinary discovery. In a local field, they find a sixty-foot-long set of bones Whoa. belonging to a highly unusual animal.
1: The remains unearthed in Jiangzhao had antlers, it had prominent claws, it had a long serpentine body. So, this created a huge buzz and a lot of fascination. We can watch it. I just I Yeah, know. a video. describe the, the scene for our audio listeners, like. This looks like a snake-like dragon skeleton just laying in the grass. It's got this big head with a really long protruding snout. It's got what look like antlers or horns. And it looks very complete surprising. I mean, the bones are kind of like laying in the grass, caving in. It's got two little forearms that may or may not have claws, like, it's yeah. pretty convincing looking. Yes. It's got all the ribs, you know, like a yeah. Snake, snake-like.
0: Yeah. Anyway. oh.
1: Bones went viral on the internet,
0: and researchers were baffled as they attempted to identify the bizarre creature. But many local villagers insisted that the bones were the remains of a dragon. Of a Ooh. dragon.
1: Of a dragon! Yeah. So...
0: That's the gist of it. Yeah. What so dragons think? are
1: real. Ta-da. That's the Episod- end. Episode's over. Congratulations.
0: We solved it. <laughs> or they solved it in they 2017, it. I
1: guess. <laughs> I mean, it looks cool, but come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, there's no grass growing in between the bones. There's no meat hanging off the bones. Now, Mm -hmm. I think the thing that's very compelling is that it's in this village. Yeah. Right? It feels like it's in the middle of nowhere. Right. Right. And so, on the one hand, it's like, oh, well, if it's in the middle of nowhere, it has to be real. But then you see that girl holding a cell phone. Yeah about yeah. to take a picture of it yeah and
0: I don't know it's um it's too real yeah it's also too real and for me and, and it's also red like, yeah it's it, like weirdly shaded red it's got this weird red so did do a little bit of digging into this not to spoil anything sorry <laughs> <laughs> womp 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 yeah But I think they are like, this is a movie prop or this was a hoax. And there's also a picture on one of the websites of somebody – of people sitting
1: on it and, like, hanging on to the
0: antlers, the horns.
1: Oh, yeah. Like – and we'll we'll get into Chinese mythology and stuff like that. But if they genuinely believed that was a real dragon skeleton, there's no way they would treat it like that. No. No No way. They
0: would be super respectful and – just no, just yeah. no, no way. Um, to me, that okay. So they also said that the skeleton looks like, uh, or the skull looks, yeah, like, the skull looks be, like
1: a cow skull or something. Cow
0: skull, and they said sheep. Bones I don't know. That snout used.
1: is kind of long. Yeah, could be a cow.
0: Yeah, maybe a
1: horse. But then but it's got it like one. the teeth. Horses yeah. don't have and like. Horses, Don't have those. No, horses don't have this kind of teeth. They don't eat meat. The little nose. Well, I've never seen like, I've never tried to imagine like dragon nose, but it's got like this weird nose. Yeah. And I also, okay, I'm also pulling up a horse. Oh, yeah. Pull up a horse skeleton. I see lots of quacks in the chat. People are thinking it's quack. Sad trombone noises from Bass Babe. I know. Great. We want it to be real. Well, great. Okay. I mean, like that, it
0: kind of. I could kind of see it
1: with yeah. the horse skull, maybe.
0: maybe. And then I definitely looked into this way too hard about like the antlers and what, uh, like, if they could have added um, deer antlers because I hunting in my family is huge, right. and uh, uh, you know, like, opening day of deer season is a holiday here, so. <laughs> Uh, so I was like, those look like antlers to me. And I found the picture of this.
1: I, I mean, that- I guess if you shaved off the prongs and it was right. a single antler, yeah. that's what Just, it looks like.
0: They're thin. Those are one of the types of deer found in China. I don't know. I'm making weird connections here already. Sure. Get used to it because that's what this is going to be. Tonight. That's the name of the game tonight. <laughs> but anyway. I think we can all agree it's quacky instead of yeah. a quirk, but it's still it's still cool, and uh, it also made for a good show for them. Probably, <laughs> the
1: I, yeah. Complaint. I mean, it probably drew lots of people to their village. Yes, probably brought in lots of business, so everybody could come look at the dragon and be like, yeah. "Whoa, how cool is that?" But just because that's fake doesn't mean that there might not be some sort of archaeological connection. Exactly. To dragons, which I think is probably our launching off point for the meat of where we're going to go tonight. Because the connection I want to try to draw tonight, and I sort of teased this last week, is what if the way we think about dragons is that dragon is just another word for dinosaur? Mm. I think that's very plausible. I think it is, too, because the word dinosaur didn't even enter into our vocabulary until the 1800s yes so it's a very new word so this guy sir richard owen realized that these fossils that were being commonly found at the time like the megalosaur the heliosaur the iguanodon all had these fused vertebrae and so that Mm -hmm. made them different from more common reptiles so they wanted to have a new name for this saurian type of reptile so of course he the name Dinosauria. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Right. And, but that's not even the first time a dinosaur fossil was uncovered in the 1800s. Uh, the first actual officially recorded dinosaur bone was uncovered by a guy named Robert Plott in 1677. And he actually thought the giant bone that he found was part of a giant human leg bone.
0: Hmm. Like a femur?
1: Yeah, like a femur. Mm. I'm sure you guys have probably seen those photos on the internet of people standing next to these giant bones that look like leg bones. And later, this they're disproved. Actually, actually, <laughs> they're dinosaur bones. Let me push my glasses up. I need to get some tape around the middle first. Yeah, I know, right? You <laughs> have to have the anime glare across yeah. the glasses. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was part of a dinosaur bone. But to me, just like reading that, I was like, how did we go from 1677, first dinosaur bone discovered, and then 200 years later, now we get this fossil explosion in archaeology? Hmm. What happened? What happened? In that time. What took so long? I, I legitimately don't know the answer to that. <laughs> if you guys know. Yeah, that's another rabbit hole. I'm very curious about as to what sort of went on in the background of archaeological digs. What was the interest in trying to uncover dinosaur bones after that? Right.
0: And I wonder also, this is another rabbit hole. Like, I think we were trying to be very choosy with our rabbit holes. For <laughs> There's so one. many rabbit holes. There's so many. But I also wonder um, how many were discarded. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, like, I don't know what this is. Uh, not that not that that's a typical archaeological response. I'm
1: just saying. I wonder. Well, it could have been at the time because, I mean, the field of archaeology has only improved with time. Yes. Just, just like is true of science, right? Yeah. We get better at our techniques over time. And in the past, people were a lot more laissez-faire. It's like, does this look interesting? Does this not I mean, look interesting? Yes. Exactly. Right.
0: Um, I so I was reading about that like with the um, hanging gardens trying to find proof that there were the hanging gardens in Babylon and a lot yeah. of archaeologists found uh, records of different things that were boring so they were just like eh, nobody needs that and got rid of it until they are like no 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 those actually prove things. So That's it is so frustrating. Yeah exactly. So I Maybe that's something to do with it. I don't know. Again, more questions.
1: Yeah, lots of questions.
0: Lots of questions.
1: But then, even again, that is not even the first time a fossil was found because fossils were being uncovered long before the 1600s by Greek philosophers and historians. Yes. I mean, they were primarily marine organisms. So things like shell fossils, uh, Xenophanes, the Greek philosopher, famously taught that the world formed from the condensation of water and primordial mud that he was the first guy to talk about the primordial soup guys. Darwin got it from him. Darwin got it from (laughs) Xenophanes. You heard it here, folks. (laughs) Rip off. Uh, Yes. Darwin, the rip off (laughs) ripping off philosophers. Yeah. Yep. Like we don't do that all the time, but we're not going to talk about that. We're just going to ignore that part. We're just going to ignore that part.
0: And Marine Marine fossils are very easy to find in, right. you know, uh, they're just very, they're much more commonplace than typical
1: dinosaur bones too. But anyway. Right. <laughs> Base babe in the rumble chat says other forbidden <laughs> snacks. That's a callback to last week. Yep. Yep. You guys missed that episode. Just all these things you shouldn't eat. That's really what we're here to tell you. <laughs> Basically, don't <laughs> eat the primordial mud. Don't eat the cursed tablet. No. All the forbidden snacks. I was most interested in what Herodias had to say because he observed these fossil shells in Egypt, not just uh, fossil shells. He saw backbones and rib cages and described them as belonging to giant winged serpents. Mm, Even then. Even then. And this is like BC, right? 500 years before Christ we had this historical record of these fossils
0: oh my goodness and did did he ever say dragon or was he just just describing what he found
1: he was just describing what he found yeah i didn't see him use the word dragon but oftentimes people would use a stand-in word similar like giant lizard yeah. monster leviathan <laughs> like we've seen often in the bible mm-hmm. Right? Something else to describe it as this monster, essentially. Monster, yeah. yeah. Insert generic term. Well, and dragon, I feel like, especially in mythology, which we'll get to, became that common term. Right. Yes.
0: Agreed. Yeah. It wasn't, I mean, there are myths of dragons throughout all of history, which we'll get into that, too. But, yeah, commonplace using that word came later, I think.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And so, if if we imagine that, let's let's just pretend that we all believe that dinosaurs and humans existed at the same time. Crazy. Crazy, I know. Crazy. We're not supposed to believe that. No. But what if I told you there might be some evidence? Hmm. I so, would say nobody wants us to know that. <laughs> nobody wants us to know that. We're not allowed to talk about that. Right. So the first thing I'd like to propose is the idea that maybe they connect to mythology. So this image we're looking at here is a spinosaur. You guys might've seen it in Jurassic park or something like that. (laughs) It's, I mean, it's a giant lizard and it has big old spines in the back. Yes. You know what those spines kind of remind me of if they were placed somewhere else. Oh, perhaps along the crook of the arm. Yes. Wings. I was going to say fish, but it it is considered to be semi aquatic. Yeah. So, yeah. And the way the spine is often described, it's described as a sail. So if you Mm -hmm. as an ancient person are looking at this going through the water, you might describe it as a sail or a wing because you don't have any other way to describe it. Yep. You have
0: no contextual anything.
1: (laughs) We'll get into that more, too. Oh, for sure. (laughs) So the dorsal spines of the spinosaurs kind of remind me of a dragon wing. The one that really gets me, I think, is the plesiosaur. I don't know if you guys have ever seen a plesiosaur before. This is the one they always connect to the Loch Ness Monster, Nessie. It's this big swimming... Aquatic creature with the long neck. Now I just imagine again, if I see this thing sticking out of the water and I don't see its lower body because the ocean is deep and dark. Yep. What do you think that is? What would you call that? Monster. Monster. <laughs> sea dragon. Right. Yes. Absolutely. And we have evidence that they existed during the time of man because they're in Egyptian hieroglyphics. Ah, <gasps> look at that. It's right there. Look at it. (laughs) For those of you who can't look at it, it's literally (laughs) a grouping of Egyptian hieroglyphics with a plesiosaur drawn
0: in. Yes. They had Nessie even in...
1: In Egypt. In Egypt. They had Nessie. She was everywhere. Which (laughs) begs the question about Egypt. Right. What was its landscape like? In ancient Egypt. Because I don't think it was a desert. No. No. Certainly not as desert as it is now. Definitely not. That's crazy. The, so and
0: good. the Nile as we know it today. Now that I think about it. I don't know if it could hold something like that. Right, Not as we know it today. Right. So at the very least. That had. To have had well, not just the Nile, that was that's not their only source of water, but I'm just saying, I think you're onto something there.
1: Snap, yeah. So, I, I have questions about that, and it's not just in ancient Egypt that we see pictures of the plesiosaur, we also see it in ancient Greece, oh, which I did not include a picture of for some reason, um, <laughs> but we do see it on. The clay pots, we often see these images of Hercules fighting these giant monsters. One of these giant clay pots depicts a plesiosaur that Hercules is fighting. And in fact, a separate one depicts him fighting a monosaur, which is another one of these oceanic dwelling dinosaurs. Definitely Mm. not dragons. Definitely not. Definitely not. We would not say that. We would not say that
0: yet. <laughs> Do you, I'm trying to think of what myths with Hercules. I'm not as well versed as I should be where he's fighting like water
1: dragons. So One we another. often think of the myth of the Hydra. Yeah. The Hydra is clearly a, a dragon, but it's this serpent like dragon. It's not yes. described as having wings Mm-mm. or anything like that. It's just, it's multi-headed long necked lizard. Which, if I just moved it a little bit, it could just as easily have been in the water. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. So I have questions. Lots of questions. Lots of questions. So yeah. There are lots of aquatic. <coughs> there, here's a fossil of our monosaur. Again, it just has this long serpentine body. I want everybody to put a pin in that, that we have these giant lizards that look like giant serpents. Okay, here's our our is fighting the monosaur. There it is. There it is.
0: And you know it's water. I mean, there's like dolphins and an octopus, a seal even. Yeah. So you know it's supposed to depict a water dragon, serpent. Not Not
1: a a dragon. Not a dragon. Serpent. (laughs) It's like, yeah. I have another one, yeah. Yeah, here's the plesiosaur one. It looks like he's riding on the back of it. Yes. And there are, in in Greek
0: mythology, there are, I think it's Medea and also uh, Helios. And their chariots Mm. were said to have been drawn by serpents. So serpents are a big deal in Greek mythology for sure. Not just with Hercules, which I know you know,
1: but yeah. And so then the question is just why
0: why where did this
1: come from why do we see it so common i think i have one more uh picture for us of a historical object this one comes to us from cambodia i Mm. I know it's kind of hard to see but if you look at the symbol here to me that looks like a triceratops that's what
0: i was gonna say
1: exactly yes carved right in there how would you know to carve a triceratops If you had not seen
0: one. Right. Or if somebody at some point had not seen one. Right. How would you, how would anyone have known
1: what to depict? Right. So. So whether or not you believe in dragons. Right. Just putting a pin in that for now. Yeah. There's very clear historical evidence of dinosaurs, of confirmed dinosaurs yes. throughout ancient history. So they were definitely fighting something, encountering something big and giant and lizardy. <laughs> exactly. I like it.
0: Big and giant and lizardy. And it, yeah, and again, even if they, at the time of these carvings, They weren't around still the same argument. Somebody had to have seen it so that they could, uh,
1: right. Draw it, write it. And it's all over. It's pervasive. It's everywhere. It's not like, okay, I'm going to make up the plesiosaur in my head (laughs) and oh my gosh, it just so happens that 2000 years later, They're going to discover plesiosaurs are actually real. Yes.
0: Nope. And they couldn't have shared these things either the way we could today. You know, if I just made up some random creature and shared it all over the internet, blasted it everywhere. And somehow it went viral because obviously that would happen. (laughs) You could argue everybody would know it, but it was, it's,
1: they didn't have the internet back then. I know it's I don't, crazy. I know nobody a believes it. Without the internet. <laughs> Weird.
0: Yeah. So it makes you think that there is a
1: there's a connection here. There's a connection somehow. There's at least a connection and I think there's a strong possibility that these monsters existed alongside humans. I mean, we have documented evidence in the Bible, right? Yes. Yes. So there's the Leviathan in Job,
0: and he mentions it, Job 41, Can you pull in Leviathan with a fish hook or tie down its tongue with a rope? Can you put a cord through its nose or pierce its jaw with a hook? Will it keep begging you for mercy? Will it speak to you with gentle words? Will it make an agreement with you for you to take it as your slave for life? Can you make it a pet like a bird? So on and so forth. But basically, there's the Leviathan. And um, there's also the behemoth in there as well. Um, Behemoth was created by God and eats grass like an ox, but is very powerful with bones of bronze, limbs of iron, and a tail like cedar. It lives in the marshes and rivers, is unafraid of anything.
1: That just makes me think, I can't remember their scientific name. I'm just thinking of the land before time, the long necks, <laughs> yeah, the, the brontosaurus, long-necks. are they Bro- brontosaurus? brontosaurus, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. The little long foot. necks, little foot, come on. <laughs> little foot. <laughs> exactly. Literally described in the Bible. So there's at least that connection. There is at least that connection. But then maybe let's get a little bit quacky. Here we go. What if, what if t Rexes had wings? Tall. I'm not saying they do. I'm just saying what if. What if? What if this short little stubby arms? (laughs) What is the evolutionary purpose of the short little stubby arms? Right. You know? What good did it do them? What good it, did it do them? So, I mean, we all know the image of the short little stubby arms of the T-Rex. Makes no sense on a lizard that big. Right. I, now, I d- I, to be fair, I did do some research into that. Some made the argument that they were unnecessary, so they're more like vestigial limbs hmm. because their jaws were so big that they didn't really need them. There's the argument that when they were fighting over territory, if you had a limb that could get in the way, it would get eaten off. And so just like over time, they evolved. Again, the whole vestigial limb theory. It was a problem to have limbs that long. So they evolved over time to have shorter limbs. But (laughs) we see the shape of it, right? It, It reminds me a lot of the way a human arm is, right? We have our bicep, right, and then we have that twin bone. And we see this very commonly with lots of other creatures, right? We see that sort of arm in a human, we see it in a bird wing, and we see it in a bat wing. These mm-hmm. are known as homologous structures, right? Because they look similar, but th- they evolved independently, or that's what your biology textbook will tell you. <laughs> That we come from a common ancestor, but we evolved independently to have this type of bone structure. Right. But it looks very similar to things that have wings. Absolutely. And we know bird wings don't fossilize because they're so porous and they're so light, especially like, right, the parts of the, the wing itself right that hold up the structure that are more like cartilage same thing with a bat wing Mm -hmm. those don't fossilize either so what if the part that we're actually seeing of the t-rex is just the overarching structure and not the fibers that hold the wing together i like it it might make
0: more sense than these stubby little arms. And even if it couldn't fly, I mean, we have plenty right. of big birds that don't fly, but
1: still have wings. Exactly. Yeah. They've made the art. They have retconned the velociraptor <laughs> to have yes. feathers. To have feathers.
0: Oh, just kidding. Just, just kidding.
1: kidding. They, velociraptors cannot fly, but they have feathers.
0: But they have feathers. <laughs> because <laughs> reasons reasons we missed it before but we got it now they had got it now
1: (laughs) yeah so I just want to I mean we have history of lizards having things like a wing right this is one of those gliding lizards and you can imagine right this thin film this thin membrane between the arm and the body that it would use to glide yeah absolutely I don't see any bones in there, not any noticeable bones, but you still have the overarching forearm structure needed to create that glidable wing. Absolutely. Could there have been something similar in a T-Rex? I don't know. Mm -hmm. And we can't know because this (laughs) picture of a T-Rex I have right here is named Sue. She's in the... National Science Museum. She is the most complete T-Rex that we have. And so the parts that are lit up are the real bone. The parts that are in dark are fake bone. The skull is fake? The skull is uh, located somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so so they, they even made that up? No, the the skull is located separately inside the museum. They didn't want to put them both together. Uh, I guess to protect from theft, damage or right something. I, yeah. Nicholas Cage robbed too many. <laughs> museums, so they were worried about him coming for Sue. you got nothing better to do. Right. But you can see right here, there's lots of fill in. Yeah. And this is our most complete fossil. And the only one com- complete like this. And we don't have the full picture. Right. So the,
0: Okay, the highlighted ones are what we do have. Right. Was there a full
1: arm? Let's go back to it. Sorry. No, you're good. It's kind of hard to tell. It looks like parts of the arm. Yeah. But and not I mean, necessarily. Oh, only one of the arms, it looks yeah. like. The other arm is totally blacked out. Right.
0: And I mean, I guess if they found other ones that were sent, to be fair, I guess, sure. you know, if there are more...
1: To, um, yeah, it's not like she's you know. the only T. Rex no. that we have. She's just the most complete, most set. Yeah. Off. Yeah. But still, it's crazy
0: that. I mean, if this is millions of years old, this is you know impressive, I suppose. But still, to have
1: this much after millions of years—quotes, millions of years. Millions, because we can't know for sure. Uh, If you guys remember, we did talk about the fossil record. If you missed that episode, please definitely go back and listen to it. Cause we talked about all of the assumptions. And this one here is I'm just breaking down another assumption Mm -hmm. because in science, they come up with these ideas and they establish them as fact, right? As unquestionable fact, but there are literal holes. Like the whole dinosaur skeleton is not lit up green. And this is a T-Rex. Is
0: this the most uh, complete dinosaur fossil of all the dinosaurs?
1: No, I don't think so. I think we have one of the Velociraptor fighting another dinosaur. I can't remember if it was a Triceratops or a Stegosaur, but they were perfectly encased together. Um, So those ones we have pretty well complete. I'm just talking about the T-Rex here. Hmm. But But still. Still. There's a lot of assumptions to be
0: made with that.
1: Lots of assumptions. Mm -hmm. And so let's say, okay, T-Rex's arm is too short. It wouldn't have a proper wing even if it had one. Let's take the Velociraptor. Velociraptor has much longer arms. I mean, we've all seen pictures of it. They could almost walk on all fours. Their arms are so long and perhaps even longer than their back legs. I could imagine it has that same similar shape just like that. Uh, bat wing bone mm-hmm. you know yep and here here's what kills me about the vlasa raptor it is called a raptor you know what else is called a raptor i think so birds birds i knew it like eagles uh, and hawks and falcons
0: yes look you ever seen a cassowary? Is that what they're called? Those birds in Australia?
1: The really big ones? So, yeah, hold on. But yeah, hold. it's just crazy to me. Like, there's, these dinosaurs were just filling, were backfilling, right? Because like we were saying earlier, they've retconned the Velociraptor. And now they hypothesize that the Velociraptor actually was feathered. And possibly had vestigial wings, feathered wings, feathered wings, but wings nonetheless, still had wings. And so if we go off of that previous assumption that humans and dinosaurs lived alongside one another, Mm -hmm. could they perhaps perceived it as a dragon? Mm. Is there a
0: connection there? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I think so. (laughs) And stories like that, like, let's say even, you know, people lived with dragons or dinosaurs. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure I'm going to do that a million times.
1: (laughs) Same thing. It's the same picture. I need the meme. It's the same picture.
0: It's the same picture. Exactly. So they're living together. And even if they had died off quickly, even early on in human history, I still think something like that would have left a mark. (laughs) for sure with people to follow through the generate stories yeah. um, generational stories i mean what a what an absolutely terrifying thing to live alongside and to survive yeah. alongside <laughs> and also what a great way to like scare your children into
1: <laughs> oh my gosh i know stay, don't go stay. outside or the dragons will eat you exactly
0: <laughs> literally they will eat you yeah so I'm just saying, even if it
1: was for a short period of time. Right. It didn't have to be long. No. For it to stick around in history. For it to make
0: its mark on your psyche. And yeah, I don't know. Uh.
1: Just to kind of like put the nail in the coffin with this hypothesis, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I want everybody to take a look at this fossil. I, I'm sorry if you're listening and you can't see it. But this fossil was found in China. It's called the Amboterix, which is Latin for both wings. Hmm. And they hypothesized that this little dinosaur had bat-like wings. Hmm. It's not a pterodactyl. It I mean here here's another one that they found that's uh similar different this one was the first one of its kind found called ichi which is mandarin for strange wing and again this one was hypothesized to both have the bat-like membrane of a wing but a feathery body yeah i was gonna say it looks like feathers fossilized on this is how the artists would draw it guys that's a dragon that's a a dragon that's a wyvern to say the least Right, I love you it. have the wings on the f- front legs, mm-hmm there it is. there it is. Ooh, there it is. I mean i I don't I don't know what you want they're they're the same picture. agreed, yeah, definitely
0: it, I'm just blown away. That's such a great drawing, and it makes perfect sense to me. It also.
1: We've had them all along. Right. <laughs> We've had yeah, them we all Yeah, we kind of have had them all along. Yeah. I, I just think it's so awesome. I love Whiskey Biz in the chat. Whoop, there it is. That's I mean, right. it, to me, it feels very clear that, okay, if I'm not going to call it a dragon, at least dinosaurs lived alongside humans to some extent. But come on. But come on. That that was definitely a dragon or was, at least a wyvern. Right. I like that. And if, if you don't believe that dragons lived alongside humans, how do we explain the fact that every culture on planet Earth has come up with dragon myths? Yep. Almost at the same time. Yeah. And they're ancient stories. I mean...
0: You can go so far back in every culture and find dragon stories. There's, they're, they're literally everywhere. Um, Australia, the Aborigines had the rainbow serpent. I mean, Whoa. Norse mythology, Greek mythology. Of course, the Europeans had dragon mythology, um, dragons and a ton of stories. Um, Asian cultures, mm-hmm. American cultures, like. It's everywhere. And why? Why is it everywhere? I want to, like, talk about two theories real quick and kind okay. of debunk them very fast. Because uh, on paper, maybe they might look good. Mm-hmm. But when you really dig into it, it's like that that doesn't hold water. So one thing that was um, said is that in our psyche as human beings, we needed something big and scary to kind of symbolize danger or Mm. whatever. And that makes more sense for European dragons. Sure. Versus uh, Chinese or Asian dragons. But still, that's kind of the theory is that we as a collective of human beings who did not really communicate with each other at these times all came up with this very similar monster That nobody, that that just came came out of nowhere. right? So uh, like one thing is there are these monkeys. I can't remember the type of monkeys, but they have different signals to each other for different Mm. predators. So there's one screech that they do for snakes. And what the monkeys will do if they hear that is they'll stand up and start looking down and looking for like this snake that's coming for them. Right. Another screech is means it's an eagle or a bird of prey, and so they'll all, you know, they, then they all look up. And the third kind is, I think, for lions, and then they'll all climb in the trees together, so they're safe. Right? And they say that monkeys, whatever species, I again, I apologize because I can't remember, but whatever species this monkey is, it, even if it wasn't, um, didn't grow up in the wild, if it hears one of these and knows what to do, or it knows it's there, it's in danger. So it's instinctual. Mm. It understands what this, what each screech means, even sure. if it's never been. And then they project that onto humans like we did that and we use dragons as our medium to do that.
1: Okay, But, but there's an evolutionary connection there, right? Because the monkeys know what screech to use because they've experienced those real life, things how could humans have this instinctual knowledge of a giant scary scaly monster without experiencing a giant scary scaly monster exactly
0: boom that's where it all falls apart for me because there has to be there has to be that connection there you know if you went to each culture and said like what's your scariest animal Everybody's going to give you a different or or different parts of the world. Everybody's going to give you a different answer. But this one is universal as far as right. the mythology and things like that. So that's the one theory where I'm kind of like, I get what you're saying, but I don't. But I don't all the same all at the same time. Like nice try. Nice try. We appreciate you And then your time. yeah. And then they have the, you know, these dragons that everybody's describing is a real animal that we didn't have contextual evidence for or a name for. But they won't say that it's dinosaurs. Like, to me, your argument and dinosaurs with that theory makes what? the most sense. You know, a, a giant lizard a giant serpent, things like that. We might not have had the name dragon up until a certain point or the name dinosaur up until a certain point, but it's still, um, there, you know what I'm saying? It's, um, yeah, I'm not this one, this theory. I like how they try and use, um, there were animals that were cryptids until the whole world knew about them. Right. And they're trying to say that that's what dragons are, but I was, but they don't know what, and I'm like, but a dinosaur kind of fits the bill there for me anyway, kind of I, it, it, it could make sense there because
1: yeah, because I think in certain cultures it fits very well, mm-hmm. like we think of right the Chinese and Mesoamerican myths of dragons have these very serpentine like right. dragons, but then. The European myths have the winged dragons that supposedly breathe fire. But we just showed evidence that China's uncovered a fossil of a winged dinosaur, definitely not a dragon, dinosaur (laughs) that also has feathers. So I'm just saying maybe either we haven't found it or like we talked about before, the bones are similar to bird bones. They're too porous. They're not going to stand up to fossilization. They're not going to stick around. They're going to degrade very, very quickly.
0: And you're not going to find them even a few thousand years, let alone.
1: Let alone millions. The millions. Right. (laughs) Whatever they want to claim. Whatever you want to claim. But what are some of the European myths? Because I know you dug into those myths. Yes.
0: The European myths. Well, and what's interesting to me, too, is the european myths their dragons started out more as serpents also cool. so um i didn't get into a ton of those stories but there's but just keep a pin in that cuz i think we'll come back to that too okay. they started out more serpent like and then they kind of evolved if you will into more of what we know today like game of thrones style dragons right. or harry potter or smog or you know okay. insert pop culture here but (laughs) so you have um well king arthur there was a very not a lot but there was at least one dragon and it was this time around when merlin was a kid and there was a king who was trying to build this tower and every time he tried to build this tower on this hill it would fall down and uh somehow merlin as a kid got involved trying to keep the story short (laughs) And he's like, oh, well, there's two dragons fighting under this hill and you got to like open up, you got to dig a hole so they can come
1: out and then they'll stop knocking the tower down. <laughs> so he was describing an earthquake, yeah. earthquake caused by dragons. I That's feel right. like that gets into some hollow earth theory. I saw some folks in the chat earlier saying yeah. dragons actually are hiding at the center of the hollow earth. Maybe. Found them. Found, <laughs> Found, them. Them.
0: <laughs> Found
1: them. I didn't hollow even get earth into the like hollow it. earth stuff. Yeah, it sounds like a conspiracy pill sort of thing.
0: I'll let them handle it. They can have it.
1: <laughs> yeah, they can have it. <laughs> uh,
0: but these two dragons come out, and one's red, one's white. One is supposed to represent the Saxons. One's supposed to represent the um, Britain. The red is supposed to represent Britain. And what's cool about this story is that the Welsh use a red dragon on their flag to this oh, day yeah. based on this myth. That's cool. It's kind of cool and it just um pervades so then you have the dragon that was slain by saint george which is that very typical european story of a knight saving a maiden from a dragon and you know he was like believe and his story was uh he came in and he captured the dragon brought it back to the town everybody was scared and he's like convert to christianity and i'll <laughs> slay the dragon no pressure <laughs> no pressure no pressure no pressure. So, uh, surprisingly, they all did. And then he <laughs> slayed the dragon. Uh, and then there's Siegfried from Germany who, uh, it's a German tale of a prince who slayed a dragon. He bathed in its blood and that made That's him freaky. invincible. Mm. But apparently there was a leaf that fell on his back. So, he did have a vulnerable, vulnerable spot, which sounds like Achilles. I was going to say
1: that. Yeah, that sounds like Achilles. Achilles yeah. Achilles. so.
0: Anyway, some connections there. You have Norse mythology. So you have Jormungandr, who is the Midgard serpent. This one I found interesting. I hadn't heard this story before, but it's Nidhogg, who uh, was a dragon that entangled himself within the roots of Yggdrasil, which is the tree of life in the Norse mythology. No connections can be made there. (laughs) No, none. None, none. Put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. Uh there's also weird. F- I know. I know. Again, I hadn't really heard that story till I started digging into this and I was like, huh, we'll
1: talk. We'll okay. Talk That's interesting because like uh, we were talking about Chinese dragons earlier. Yes. And so the, the word for dragon in Mandarin is long, which relates to their word for serpent. Yes. And so uh, we've all seen the picture Of the Chinese dragon, you know, all, I I mean, it literally looks like a giant serpent, though it has like these whiskers and this giant mane, often represented with lots of reds and golds, Mm -hmm. which relates back to royalty. And the emperors of China were identified as the sons of dragons. And so dragons were associated with great power and royalty even godlikeness. And mm. I, I, I found this particularly interesting because ordinary people were prohibited from carrying items with depictions of dragons on them because mm. they were, were reserved for the most noble and most powerful. So mm. they really cared a lot about depictions of dragons. the I mean, they straight up worshipped them.
0: Yeah, they were definitely revered. S-
1: so revered they practiced ritual sacrifice to dragons mm. like and I mean we're going to talk about the Mesoamerican dragons we know the Aztecs were pretty bad about that too right but here's a question i have about the the myth of the chinese dragon have you ever seen the chinese zodiac before yes yeah so it's like if you guys haven't seen it before, it's like all of these animals and right, they're supposed to relate to what year you were born in. There's the rat, the ox, tiger, all these very normal animals, a pig, a rooster, Mm -hmm. then dragon. And then a dragon. (laughs) And then a dragon. All these mundane, if
0: you will, animals that you would see kind of every day.
1: (laughs) And then a dragon. And then a dragon. So in their mind, at the very least... Dragons were everyday animals, right? Right. You would think something
0: along those lines. I mean, there's no you don't see unicorns here. Nope. uh, You don't see werewolves here. Fairies. uh, None of that. I don't mermaids. I don't know. I'm trying to right with all the other.
1: You don't see a megalodon there. Right.
0: (laughs) The Meg. He's not on there.
1: He's not on there. He didn't make it very clearly. Their dragon. And of course, some people will say, well, they worship them. And, you know, any child born in the year of the dragon is said to have great power and wealth and status. And they believe that because they believe so much in these creatures. They're the most powerful creature, right? They're right. so powerful that they could control the wind and the water. They're, yes heavily associated with water which again makes me think back to the plesiosaur right that giant serpentine neck sticking out of the water absolutely
0: and the way that they were said to have moved in the air yeah um you know european dragons with their wings and of course the flying around like that but the chinese dragon i love because it would move as if it was moving in water through the air i like that too
1: it's crazy yes and then we get to Mesoamerica and the Aztecs, and they have their idea of Quetzalcoatl, who is another giant serpent, but feathered this time. With feathers. With feathers. Oh, pretty. Still a, still a dragon. This is what gets me. Okay. We know Mesoamerica, Middle America on this side. And then we have China over in the far east. Why do ancient depictions of Quetzalcoatl and the Chinese Long look exactly the same? Ah, They are. They're very similar. And if
0: you hadn't have um, put titles on them, I would
1: have said they're from the same place. It's crazy. Yeah. How did they do that? And these appear in similar time periods on opposite corners of the planet. And it's not like the Chinese came and conquered the Aztecs and passed their myths on to them. No, the Aztecs were conquered by Spain. Right. If anything, they should have European dragons in their myths. But no, they have very similar mythologies. And they have very similar practices Mm. for their mythologies. Mm. Again, thinking about that ritualistic sacrifice, we know... Aztec sacrificed humans. Yeah, I mean it's it's terrible. But what if there's more to that? What if there's just something a little bit deeper to that? Okay, we've talked about dinosaurs. We've talked about the connection to them being dragons, and maybe even the possibility that dragons existed. But could there be an even more powerful being that came to Earth and tried to manipulate mankind? Yes. Here's where Th- we're getting quacky. Yeah, this is about to get super quacky, guys. Buckle up. Hold on tight. Um, we talked about the Anunnaki several weeks ago at this point. Yeah. yeah. Can you help us remember who, who the Anunnaki were? Or what their so the was?
0: Anunnaki were um, alien astronauts. Oh okay. Awesome. I love saying that. Can I just can I just yeah, say? Say it again. <laughs> alien astronauts. Love that it. and it's taken quite seriously in some circles. Very seriously in some right. circles, which I just I can't I can't even. But whatever, that's not the point. Point is, they came to Earth and in their spaceship looking for gold right. and uh apparently and All of this came from a cuneiform tablet or tablets that were found and were um, interpreted by one guy in particular. But the story was that they came and they at first started messing with early human DNA to make them better slaves because they originally were trying to mine the gold for themselves. And they're like, this sucks. We're not doing this. There was a huge revolt. And they're like, you know what? Let's take these. Whatever, you know, barely intelligent human ish people and make them smarter so they're better slaves. And that was the start of like them doing uh, like making GMO human beings. <laughs> and they took they're that further. The Nephilim, right. Yes. And that's where we kind of went with it. And then Conspiracy Field took it and and went even further with it too. So, but yes, basically the Nephilim. They didn't just do it with the human DNA, though. Right. In the story, they were doing it with animal DNA, too, and messing with animals. And
1: it got really messy. Really messed up. And And messed up. (laughs) What if there are these cultures who prize certain bloodlines because they're associated with the most powerful creature in existence? Yikes. Yikes.
0: Exactly. What if there was a kernel of truth to that story, which we believe was in the Nephilim and the fallen angels sleeping with women and all that, and all that. And they also, animals too. Right. yeah, that DNA, that bloodline survived. And it's been turned into this dragon myth.
1: It's not just that because like in both the Chinese and the Mesoamerican lore, there's this anthropomorphism believed in these gods and these bloodlines, right? This idea that Quetzalcoatl also had a human form That's true. or that these Chinese gods also had human and dragon forms, that the Chinese emperor could become a dragon and ascend to heaven. Wow. What if there's a kernel of truth in that and that they were worshiping these pagan gods who gave them power and gave them riches, but they were giving it up at a very heavy and very evil cost? Yes,
0: absolutely. The thing is, and I think the reason I love this and I love mythology in general is Because I believe with all my heart, and I I don't think this is anything new, but I don't think I've stated it as something I totally believe in, is that I think there is this tapestry of life, this tapestry of our story. And it's big and it's beautiful and messy and terrible all at the same time. But we as humans are only able to see and know and understand just a small little corner of this tapestry. And you can pull on threads and you can see the different ways that it moved and you can kind of make your own connections but and this is i think one of those threads if you will of the tapestry that you can kind of follow and see kind of where it went and whether we're meant to see the whole thing or not i'm not so sure that we are or that doesn't really matter but my point is we only see such a small amount of of what is really out there what has really transpired what is going on even today there is the spiritual warfare, there's physical world. You know, we we can only understand, comprehend so much. So when we look back on all of this stuff, it's fascinating to kind of make these connections. And yet I know like it's only a kernel of the truth. Right. And this is kind of where it's spawned off into spurred off into these like Anunnaki stories or stories of this, that, and the other. When the truth is in there, but it's
1: so much bigger. <laughs> it's so much bigger and different than yes. we could possibly comprehend. And I I think it's hubris that science claims to have all of the answers. We want to have all of the answers. And I. Yeah. it comes from a place of just like wanting truth. And yes. I appreciate that. I want truth above everything else. Yes. But I also don't want truth so bad that I will accept a lie instead of truth. That I will... Accept all assumptions no matter what they're. Because I mean we've gotten like super quacky, dove off the deep end with this episode. I love it. Because it's fun. We're yes. just asking questions because no one asks questions anymore. It's like follow the science TM <sighs> and that's it. Yes. I don't even know
0: if, if um kids are being taught how to ask the questions anymore either, which is a real It's a shame. Shame. Yeah. Um but yeah, I I like that we're asking the questions because, yeah, we did get super weird with this one. But
1: what if, what if, what if? What? Here's the thing, right? Because the idea of the Anunnaki is that, right, they're, they're these alien astronauts that bring this knowledge, right? This forbidden knowledge. I think one of the myths is that they helped people find agriculture, right? Yes, yes, that is one of them. You're right. What if, uh, and I think about China and Japan, who struggle with massive flooding, mm-hmm. typhoons, very seasonal. And these dragons are associated with wind and water. Yep. You know, in Mesoamerica, they're also associated with wind and water. Yes. And they're so heavily associated with weather. Mm-hmm. They're... Uh-huh. Yeah. Brain I feel gods. like there's something there. Yeah. And it's like I'm pulling on the thread and I don't have the answer. I just have like questions I don't know how to formulate.
0: Absolutely. And I I think the reason we can ask these questions and kind of at least see connections is that you um well, our brains are wired to make connections, right? See patterns, see what what there is in that. And that's kind of what you're doing with this. What we're doing with this is like why is this and this similar when it shouldn't be? And why is this so pervasive when it really shouldn't be? And then you can ask the deeper questions and at least draw some theories or some conclusions
1: at the very least. Yeah, I just have questions. Uh, Eurythian has a really good point. That's not love of truth. That's love of being right. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that probably is it. Scientists have this, archaeologists, historians, everybody has this love of being right. I get it. It's exhilarating. Everybody wants to be right. Nobody likes to be wrong. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel good to be wrong. I'm okay not I'm okay being wrong with yeah. this question, you know. I don't like the idea that fallen angels are disguising themselves as dragons and coming down as these beings to manipulate mankind into worshiping them and giving them human sacrifices. I don't like that idea. But the fact that that was practiced on opposite corners of the planet, absolutely. With cultures that never spoke to one another, I have questions. Yeah.
0: And like we had said earlier we put a pin in this pulling it out do it the european dragons had started off more serpent-like more Mm. like the chinese dragons and then uh, as christianity became more popular in europe they changed into a more malevolent beast Mm. with four legs and wings and fire breathing and uh not they were greedy you know like you always hear about them hoarding their gold and uh, there was no redeeming quality to these dragons and uh, also tricksters even if they were if they did speak Uh, so you see a connection there how that changed with Christianity and I'm not saying that's necessarily good or bad I think it's just natural that these stories have evolved over time it's been a a long time right. of these stories but you know in uh with christians snakes lizards yeah uh
1: you know our giants. identity is with the snake with mm-hmm. the serpent yes that serpent. was in the Thank garden you. that said that if we eat of the tree of good and evil we shall be as gods yes Mm. Is it surprising then that these cultures that practice paganism Mm -hmm. love the serpent and love the dragon above all other, Mm -hmm. worship it, will sacrifice humans to it, whereas Christian and Western cultures see it as an enemy to slay, see it as the greatest evil ever that must be brought down to save the maiden, to save the church?
0: Yeah, and to save the church, exactly. It is a massive theme in European dragon mythology that, you know, it's like chaos versus order and good versus evil and um, those things too. I mean, you see that, I guess, in Greek mythology too, Norse. Mm -hmm. But still, they had more so, I think, a Christian um, influence, these areas of the world, Mm -hmm. than the Mesoamericans than the Chinese. And so you see the difference in how these dragons have evolved, if you will, in our stories. So that's very fascinating that if they were more like an Anunnaki thing, you know, in China or Mesoamerica, they're revered, worshiped, like you said, and
1: sacrificed to, because that sounds wonderful. (sighs) But that's always what the pagan gods ask of yes. their followers, right? That's always what demons want. Yes. They want human sacrifices. They don't cherish life. No. Whereas in Western cultures, we're slaying the dragon to save life. To save life. To protect lives. life. Yep. And it's, I don't think it's ironic that it's, we're always in European myths. You're saving the maiden in distress, yeah. From a dragon, because what does a woman symbolize? Right, but the life giver, right? Absolutely,
0: the innocent, the right. yeah, the life giver, the the um, bride,
1: the picture of the church. Yes, there's so much there. There's so much symbolism there. Oh my just god, got goosebumps. <laughs> so, yeah, Christ is said to come back to. Slay Satan, who is also depicted
0: as a dragon in Revelation.
1: Yeah. I think there's something to this. I think we're onto something.
0: I think we're solving all the world dragon problems (laughs) right here, right now. But no, I'm joking. But at the same time, no, I think you're serious. I think we are onto something. And I think you see it. The more you and I talk about the difference between the Western and the Eastern Well, it's not quite
1: that. European versus the Chinese and the Mesoamerican. It's it's the pagan myth versus the Christian myth. Yes. That's what it boils down to. Because on opposite corners of the world, we have pagan myths that are very similar in kind, right? All of the dragon legends started out very serpent-like, like the serpent in the garden. Yes. And so maybe if we were to say all dragons were myths... That's where it originated. It all originated in Christianity Mm -hmm. and that the devil was the dragon. The devil was the serpent in the garden. And certain cultures adopted that as the thing to be worshipped, as we're going to cherish this bloodline because it's the most powerful. And Christians saw that for what it was. For what it was. Exactly. Yes.
0: And it's something that needed to be slayed, something that needed to be brought down, something that... Others needed to be protected from.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that they all started out similarly mm-hmm. and then became very different. Like, yes. we haven't seen a moment in biblical history where mankind was one and then suddenly <laughs> became very different. Right. Right.
0: Weird. Weird. Weird how we see that happening.
1: Tower of <laughs> Babel. <battle. laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> I do like. I lo- Thank you for bringing that up because this was something, again, didn't know if research on this necessarily, just a thought process that I had had
1: right. and
0: had shared with a few people was if there were dragons before the Tower of Babel, l- much like the flood, which you keep coming back to, but it's, it's similar in that, you know, the flood myths are everywhere, dragon myths are everywhere. Right. If there were dragons before the Tower of Babel or after even, I don't, but it doesn't matter. The thing is, if they were more rel- uh not relevant, but more um, well-known, common, sure. before all that. And then you have all of the people who are dispersed, different languages, and sent off into different parts of the world where they created their own cultures, had their own stories, but these things still remained in their stories. And they changed with The culture they changed with the people as they changed but it was still similar enough um it just makes you wonder if they had that before and that's kind of how these things also changed throughout Mm. the world still similar but different but unique
1: yeah because it's not like quetzalcoatl and the chinese long are exactly the same Right. They're both serpents. Yep. But the Quetzalcoatl is described as being a feathered serpent. Mm-hmm. The Chinese long has whiskers and a headdress kind of like a lion. Um, and
0: like the dragon that Hercules slayed, right, was it was bad and and needed to be slayed whatever, and he did, but it's still not the same as a European dragon. Right. With the wings and the forelegs and fire breathing. It was it was still more of like a serpent. The theme is the same, you know, chaos mm. and order, if you will.
1: The kernel of truth is the same. And mm-hmm. that, I guess, there are two ways culturally to yeah. take dragons. And it's interesting to me that in modern culture, dragons have very much made a comeback.
0: Like, mm-hmm. don't
1: get me wrong, I love a good dragon story and I think they're me too. fun. <laughs> But we went from slaying the dragon and Tolkien, slaying smog mm-hmm. to protect our village to yep. befriending the dragon, learning from the dragon, mm-hmm. becoming a dragon. Like, I'm pretty sure there was this show when I was a kid where this kid could turn into a dragon. Yeah. Oh, that sounds
0: so familiar. And of course, I can't think of it either. And even like kids movies, you
1: have yeah. Pizza the Dragon. Pete the dragon. You have. And they're always these like friendly creatures. They're like really fat and have tiny wings and yeah. they're really dumb. Exactly.
0: Or even uh Toothless from Oh yeah.
1: How to oh, Train yeah. Your Dragon. That's the um not Norse or is it Norse? What are they? They're like some sort of Germanic Yeah myth uh, yeah. of some I'd- kind. And they all become dragon riders, right? Yes. The, Because they learn how to understand and appease
0: and befriend these dragons. Which, don't get me wrong, I love that movie
1: story. Right, right. I love a good story. (laughs) Yes. I'm just, we went from slaying the dragon to being friends with the dragon. And that's not unheard of in culture because we're seeing all around us all of these. Stories, especially YA stories, of instead of slaying the monster, yeah. we're befriending or falling in love with yes. the monster. Yes. They're they're the anti-hero that everybody
0: loves. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I just had one, but I lost it. Doesn't matter. Anyway, yes, the monsters are becoming human, if you will. Right. It's like, oh, they've just been misunderstood. And now that we we're connecting and we're bonding, and they're great and don't get me wrong. I love a good story, and I love twisting. I can appreciate taking something like an old, an old narrative of good versus evil, right, and kind of turning it on it, turning it on its head. I cannot appreciate that to an extent. Sure, but it is becoming more of the norm, where there really
1: is no bad guy anymore, right. Or the bad guy, like you're saying, they're turning everything on its head. So the bad guy is always someone we assume was the good guy, right? It's the prince who's actually the bad guy. It's the church who's actually the bad guy. It's always the people you think are nice and good and are going to help you. But actually... But actually, they're rotten awful. (laughs) They're rotten awful. awful And so you're taking the... Christian idea of slaying the dragon and protecting innocence and yep. flipping it on its head and befriending the dragon and even becoming the dragon. Yes. We're returning back to the Eastern, to the pagan culture of mm-hmm. worshiping the dragon. Yes. Yeah. And it's kind of scary.
0: It is kind of scary.
1: Uh darn it. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon. Don't worship dragons, guys. Don't dragons do are cool, but don't worship them, but don't worship them.: <laughs> Exactly.: And I don't know about you. but I feel pretty convinced that dragons were probably real. I do too. I't I do too. Whether it was
0: whether it was uh, dinosaurs or whether it was just something on their own, I do think that they were real at some point in some time, and they have stayed with us, at least in our stories. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. That was
1: fun. That was quacky, and I liked it. Thanks I liked for it. hanging in Right, ride, guys. Yeah, it's been fun. We're going to take this over to the Rumble Chat now, see what you guys have been saying, hang out together. Before we leave, just want to give you a glimpse at what we're doing next week. We're going to be talking about consciousness
0: and mm. science
1: and the soul. I think uh, that might be another super quacky one. Getting We're some philosophy and some science in that one, I think. Yeah. It's going to be heavy on the philosophy. Go go brush up on your Greek philosophers. It'll be fun. Brush up, brush up on your brain science. I got really inspired after we did the ASMR episode. And I was like, I want to look more into brain chemistry. Yes. This is I'm fun. Excited. Can I sit under an olive tree while you talk to us? And Yeah ask lots of questions we'll, we'll get you an olive tree to have in the background and you can just like make olive oil what did they wear what were those toga can i have a oh, toga? yeah yeah you can have a toga okay perfect we're all set we're set set <laughs> thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll chat with you over on rumble see you next